This is Getting Lit with Linda Mora, the podcast where you can come and get lit, Canadian lit, that is. Join Linda as she talks about authors in Canada and sometimes with them, using her expertise to shed light on recent and not-so-recent writers. And now, get set for Getting Lit with Linda. Hi, this is Linda Mora, the writer and host of Getting Lit with Linda. Today I have with me Marco Timpano. He's an actor, writer, and podcaster with the award-winning podcast, The Insomnia Project. He produces and podcasts on a variety of other podcasts. He's been invited as a keynote speaker to venues because of this experience, and that experience led to the publication, 25 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started My Podcast. Now, before saying anything else, I should also add that he's one of my longest standing friends. We're beginning to make dinosaurs look good. (laughs) And he's the co-producer of Getting Lit with Linda. Welcome, Marco. Linda, thank you so much. And uh, you are one of my dearest friends. Yeah, full disclosure, I am one of the producers on your show, but that shouldn't diminish how great your podcast is. So so having said that... it actually enriches the podcast from my point of view. We, what we want to talk about today is the 25 things I wish I knew before I started my podcast. You clearly wrote this book because of your experiences as a podcaster. Before we begin to chat about the book then, I'd like to talk a little bit about the podcast in which you developed the experience that then led to the book. Great. Okay. So they kind of go hand in hand, Linda. Actually, it's, it's interesting that you brought this question up. The reason I wrote the book is because when I started my first podcast, which is called The Insomnia Project, which is for people who cannot sleep. I'm an insomniac. And what I wanted to do was create a podcast that I felt wasn't out there for myself because the podcasts that deal with insomnia that are out there weren't helping me fall asleep. So I created the podcast that would help me. Unfortunately, because I'm the host, the sound of my voice won't let me fall asleep. So it doesn't work for me. But (laughs) fortunately, a lot of listeners find my podcast to help them find their way to sleep or at least find their way to relaxation. Um, And this went on, this went on. It was so successful. It's gone on to win awards and it has an international audience and reach. It is a huge international audience, and I don't say this to be frivolous or to be, uh, you know, it was just one of the things about podcasting that you don't realize the reach of it and how I was getting so much responses from parts of the world that I didn't expect Mm -hmm. would, my podcast would resonate with. So I have a lot of listeners who are in the UK, and they're some of my my ardent supporters. They're really like behind me and they really get upset if anyone says negative things about the podcast. They're really... (laughs) Who could say negative things? Some people will say that my podcast is too interesting. So the whole idea about the Insomnia Project is we bring mundane topics for you to listen to so that you can just Mm. not think about anything, but just listen to me talk about doorknobs or stamps or koi fish. <laughs> and, you know, you, you can drift off if that brings you there. But some people are like, I love koi fish. I, I found that episode to be riveting and I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm doing my best <laughs> talking about marshmallows or things that I, I, I can't, I can't sleep because it makes me hungry when you talk about food. I'm like, what can I talk about? I talked about a monstera and how I have to cut my monstera. And people were like, that's not what you do when you, and I'm like, it feels like I can't make two steps. And if I make a mistake, 
I talked about my cottage and, and someone wrote in and said, you know, you're, you're privileged because you're talking about my co- your cottage and your cottage this. I love my cottage. It's such a small little shack, oh, no. not even close to the water. And, and, and people were making it <laughs> seem like I, I had a mega mansion on, on the water, right? And that wasn't the case. So some people, some people can take it the wrong way. But my British supporters, oh, man, I once said that a crumpet and a English muffin were the same thing. And no one in the UK got upset. But man, my American listeners really put me in my place. And I was like, yeah, my goodness. But I'll say my American listeners, they are very supportive too. They're really like, they 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 tend to uh, tweet and respond on social media and give me show ideas. The Americans tend to be a bit more vocal. And I have some great Canadian listeners too. They don't say much, but I, I see the stats and I love Calgary, Alberta. I don't know why they can't sleep in Calgary, but they certainly <laughs> use my podcast as a tool. Love my listeners in Victoria. I live in Toronto. Very few listeners from Toronto uh, in comparison to the rest of the nation. So, you know, I, there's no rhyme or reason. I can't figure it out, Linda, but that's what I've discovered with my podcast, The Insomnia Project, my first podcast. Quick question, follow-up question. Sure. Is there an episode on marshmallows? There is, but it was controversial. I had to pull it. I, I did, you know, I did do an I did do an episode. So when I started, I did I did my podcast from from a fort that I created inside my inside my house. So I had all these like you know those thick wool blankets, and I I kind of made it so that we would go into this little fort. So like like what I'm using right now. Pretty much, it it absorbs sound. But what happened was, me and my guest got into this thing, and we were and I had a light in there, and it was so hot. It was like three times hotter than a sauna. So we were sweating and we sounded exhausted in the marshmallow episode. So it was really like laborious. It sounded like it was almost, you remember when you had a record that was like 45 (laughs) and you put it on 33 and it sounded, it sounded, so I had to, I couldn't use the marshmallow episode. I'm sure I've spoken about marshmallows. I think it was marshmallows and clouds and something else that was soft and fluffy. I can't remember, but uh, I'm going to re-record that. That was with my friend, uh, Natasha Lovato, and I'll do it now that I'm not in a fort anymore, and now that I can do everything remotely, <laughs> I will do a marshmallow episode and dedicate it to you, to you Linda. Thank but yeah, you. But okay, so that brings me to my book. So the reason I wrote the book is because, much like the podcast, I didn't find there was something there to show me how to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. It there were mm-hmm. there was some books out there, but they required you to know a lot about the tech or have an idea mm-hmm. how to start a podcast. I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I don't know a thing on what I have to do. I don't know where to begin. Can someone exactly. can someone just kind of hold me and say, this is let me walk you through everything. And I said, OK, well, if the book isn't there and I spent hours and hours doing research and watching videos and figuring it out and making mistakes, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want people to make the mistakes I had to learn from. So let me put them in a book. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, when I wrote the book, I came to you and I'm like, Linda, do you know anyone who could edit this book? Is there anyone that you would recommend? And you're like, I'll do it. I'm like, no, Linda, I know you're my friend. I don't want to. In, 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 oh, I was happy in, to do in, it. Hinge on our friendship. And you're like, no, I would like to do it because I would like to learn about podcasting. And I was like, I couldn't ask for, I couldn't dream of a better editor, especially someone who knows me well, who can be like, Marco, stop being a jerk. Take this out. <laughs> never, put this in. Blah blah blah. For the record, I never said any such thing. And it was a really. I want your listeners to know that Linda will send me pictures of us back in our high school days and say, "Hey, Marco, do you remember this picture?" And I and I look at it. And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this is a blast from the past." And I have to delete it before my wife sees me with that hairstyle. Uh, oh, it's but so much fun. I have to say that the book came at this really crucial moment when we were in the middle of the pandemic and I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to yeah. develop podcasts, which I thought would be useful in the classroom setting. And then I, as I discovered along the way, 
I also really just like podcasting. And I think my listeners will appreciate how this book took me through the stages of developing my own podcast. I really felt like it saved time and frustration because I just followed the methods that you had set up for your your readers. Yeah, like it's a great book for people who don't know where to begin, who don't mm-hmm. have tech knowledge or who are afraid of the microphone or mm-hmm. who don't know how to do episodes or plan episodes. It kind of gives you that. If you are someone who's technically proficient mm-hmm. or someone who feels very comfortable in front of the microphone, this might not be the book for you. But certainly you can learn from the 25 things that I where I made errors or I wish I knew before I started my podcast. Of course, I picked the longest title for a book ever. <laughs> and I, I wish in hindsight, perhaps that wasn't the best title, but it basically is the thesis of the book. Here are 25 things that I did that I want to tell you to avoid doing or to 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 lean into. Without ruining the the entirety of the book, without giving it all away. Could Spoiler, you... I make a podcast at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what they might find if they pick up the book? Sure. Okay. So some of the things that that are a deterrent or, or an impediment for people to, to create podcasts is that they don't think that the landscape can handle more podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I would say there's room for everyone out there and there's room for you. And to, mm-hmm. to be honest, I celebrate you. If you were to make a podcast about insomnia and helping people sleep, mm-hmm. I would celebrate you and say, yes, we need more of those podcasts out there. Maybe, maybe it will work for me. Now, do I want you to have the name of my podcast, which is the insomnia project, which some, <laughs> science fiction podcast decided to use so there's two out there so if you type in the insomnia project you either pick mine or some sci-fi and i'm like really you had to pick my title of all the titles there you had to pick my title and for the record i had been on the air for two years prior to them but i digress as i say there's room for all of us i don't necessarily think there's room for all of us to have the same title (laughs) but once again but yes i think the landscape is open i also think that I honestly think that, you know, there's imposter syndrome and we have these, mm-hmm. what I refer to as krakens that sit on our shoulder, little devils or whatever you want to call them that kind of whisper in your ear, you can't do this, or you don't know what you're talking about. You're not an expert in this. I call them krakens because I visualize them as big, giant, multi-armed sea creatures. Yes. Also because as a kid, I wanted to be a fisherman. So I have all this <laughs> sea knowledge in my brain and I figured, why not use that I feel like we have a lot of these doubting voices. And if I can tell you anything and you're listening to this podcast thinking, I have an idea for a podcast, do it. Do it. There's room for you, especially our Canadian voices, our Mm. Canadian stories. And if you're not Canadian, your story from wherever you're from. I'm also an Italian citizen. So Italian voices, Lithuanian voices, voices that are out there need to be available and I find podcasting to be a very creative medium. So you can you can really have a lot of joy and make beautiful art with your podcast. That is exactly my experience of having read your book. I, I felt that it inspired me to to develop a podcast when I really had no sense of how to go about it, mm-hmm. if I could do it, and I had all kinds of doubts. And I felt that the process of doing it was exactly, as you say, very creative um, and any doubts that I had the ones that you're identifying were all there Uh, there are other podcasts what what will mine add and reading your book helped me to overcome those to recognize that I, I still could contribute something to the podcast landscape 
Oh, Linda, let me just say, you contribute a lot. I listen to your episodes. <laughs> I, I have the privilege as a producer to listen to the episodes prior to them airing. And a lot of my questions to Linda are about, about what she's talking about, not necessarily the episode. I do give you feedback, but I'm like, you Linda, do. that was fascinating. I can't believe like, and I'll just, I'll just go into deeper dives about these books that you bring to life with anecdotes and with your love for literature and just your knowledge. I'm grateful to have your podcast on the air because it is really allowing me to dive into a world that I don't necessarily always dive into. Well, let's talk about your podcast. Sure. Let's dive into the world that, that the podcasts you develop create. So we'll come back to 25 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started My Podcast. We've sure. already talked about the Insomnia Project, but you also collaborate on several others, including yeah. Eat and Drink. Could you talk about Eat and Drink and perhaps another? Sure, of course. So Eat and Drink is a podcast I do with Ali Hassan, and your listeners might know him because he hosts Canada Reads, but both Ali and myself also love food. And I've worked many years in the front of the house of restaurants, so as waiters and bartenders. Mm -hmm. And Ali has a really interesting experience as a chef, so working in the back of the house. So because we're both, yeah. And because we're both comedians or comedic actors, um, I wanted to bring a lighthearted approach to food and drink, as did he. He and we decided to do a podcast where where I talk about making a drink and the history of that drink on the top of the podcast. He talks about a food item or a dish, and we we deep dive into that with a comedic bent, of course. And then at the end, our last segment is something that I hate, but our listeners seem to love. And Ali came up with this. And it's a segment called What's in Marco's Mouth, where I'm blindfolded <laughs> and Ali will put a mystery thing in my mouth and I have to decide what it is. And so it's so horrible because it sets me up as this really smug person who thinks I can guess anything uh, that would put that one would put in my mouth. But it was only because of alliteration that we went with what's in Marco's mouth versus what's in Ali's mouth. And so he poisons me half the time. He just poisons me on the air and puts horrible things in my mouth. And because of COVID, we're doing it remotely. And so I thought it would be better because now my wife stands in for him. But she is worse. She once put an aloe vera plant in my mouth that still had dirt on it thinking that this was an appropriate thing. And and I was choking on the podcast episode and they were both laughing and I was really upset. And the more upset I got, the more they were laughing. And of course, the more the listeners enjoyed it. So if you want to hear me get tortured at the end of a podcast, I recommend Eat We'll include drink. that episode in the show notes so that people can oh. <laughs> go and find it thereafter. But it is, it's also this kind of playful idea that what's in Marco's mouth, the playful idea that someone can discern with a, a great palette what what is sure which which i don't claim to have <laughs> and my accuracy rate is about 44 percent, so better than i would think but but by no means do i want people to think i'm this sommelier or it's just it was for comedic effect and now it's just a torturous segment of the show <laughs> the insomnia project you do individually you do it on your own yes but mm -hmm. uh, eat and drink is collaboration. What's the yes. difference between the two? And do you have a preference oh. for one or the other? Oh, Linda, that's that's a fabulous question, to be honest with you. So I think anyone who's venturing into the space in a collaboration with a co-host, you need to set the parameters off the top and mm -hmm. you really have to agree with what workload each person's going to take. So I'm very fortunate because all the podcasts that I collaborate with, my collaborators take on the workload 
alongside with me. So it doesn't feel like one person's doing more than the other, Mm -hmm. but it's great Mm -hmm. because you get different perspectives and it is, you know, especially when you're talking about a subject matter that you love, just being challenged or being enlightened with that, with, from your co-host and having someone just kind of Mm -hmm. know the buttons to push, or, you know, when you, when you, when you do a great episode, you get to celebrate with someone and that's so much fun too. And, uh, and yeah, and, and it's a joy and it, and, you know, doing any creative art form with someone you enjoy working with, with is always fantastic. That's wonderful. So mm-hmm. the book then comes out of this work, the collaborations on the, on eat and drink. The other one that comes to mind is born on this day. Yes. And we're nominated for an award, um, a Canadian podcast award. Oh, so we'll see if we crossed. get that. That was born because, uh, the podcaster that I went to when I when I first was getting into podcasting, I only knew one person who was a podcaster, and I didn't even know him well. He knew my wife's good friend, and they were like, "Call Bill up, speak to Bill." And I'm like, "I don't know him. Would he want to speak to me?" And they're like, "Call him. He's great." So I called Bill up and I asked him a, a million questions, and he not a million, but I asked him quite a few questions, and he helped answer. He helped. He was my guide in in first getting into podcasting, and he has two great podcasts: Bad Game Movies colon bitchy gay men or dash bitchy gay men and the other one is called born on this day because bill antonui knows more about celebrities and films than anyone i know and so he would put on his facebook on his instagram every day he would put who what celebrity was born on that day and i said bill you should really make a podcast out of this mm-hmm. and he was like oh yeah that's a good idea i go because it's fascinating to know who's born on those days right and so then i emailed him I'm like we should do a podcast where we talk about who's born on every single day and air them every day. And then because of the pandemic, we decided to do it thinking it would be fun. But then halfway through, we we realized we have to do 365 episodes (laughs) of a podcast where we talk about celebrities every day. And it was a lot of work, Linda. It was a lot of work. But we realized when we got to our Day, our 365, it would be a constant loop. We wouldn't have to record anymore. So we recorded our first episode on May 1st. And when we got to May 1st, we could breathe a sigh of relief because we had completed the full circle of 365 episodes that could just continue because those people are going to be born. Their birthdays remain their birthdays. I should mention that Amanda Barker is also a host on that show. So we've talked about your podcast. We've talked a little bit about the book. Yes. Um, there is another reason I personally know that you've written this book, and it it has to do with sure. even my timing of approaching you to ask you about setting up a podcast when you were just finishing up the book. What was the other reason? I was going to say to vanquish my enemies, <laughs> to show them I could do it. I, I don't know, Linda. I'm like sitting here thinking. It's the first chapter oh of your book, Podcast Coffee. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, thank you for reminding me this. Because, Linda, what happened was once people discovered that I was a podcaster, I would constantly have to have podcast coffees with people. So they'd be calling me up and they'd be like, hey, Marco, I have an idea for a podcast. I'm like, great. And can we meet for a coffee? And I'd sit with them for an hour and tell them everything they should and shouldn't do. And then it happened again and again. And then it became friends of friends, people I didn't know. People Mm -hmm. would connect me on Facebook and say, my friend Marco has a podcast. Why don't you ask him? And I was having so many of these podcast coffees. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times these people wouldn't end up making podcasts or they would just want to tell me their ideas for a podcast. And when I I would Mm -hmm. challenge them and say, well, you know, if you're going to do that, have you thought of your listeners? And the more I was sort of trying to give them my feedback, the more they didn't want to listen. So at that point, I, I came home and I said to my wife, I was like, I, I can't have any more of these podcast podcast coffees anymore because 
A, they're taking out my time, but I'm repeating myself over and over again. So I thought I'll make a little document. So when someone reaches out, I can be like, here, read this document. And if you still have questions, maybe we'll meet. And then as I was creating the document, I'm like, this is actually the book that I wanted to read before I started a podcast. And then it just kind of grew from there. Could we give our readers a little sampling from the book today? Could you read a little section of course. for them? And um, I apologize because this is going to be a little bit of a cold read, even though I've written this book. It's going to be from the last chapter. So the 25th chapter, because why start at the beginning, Linda, when you can start at the end? <laughs> so this is from the chapter, Don't Fear the Mic. And I give you 10 reasons why not to fear standing in front of the microphone. Because as Jerry Seinfeld once, once said, people are more afraid of public speaking than they are afraid of death. And so um, so I'm going to just pick number three, because I think this, is, this is really resonates with me. So I hope I do it justice. And I hope the author myself doesn't kick himself after this podcast episode thinking I could have done a better job. So anyways, here we go. <clears throat> so from the chapter 25, don't fear the mic. Number three, we all hate the sound of our own voice. I have known so many voiceover artists who record audiobooks, commercials, and public service announcements. You know, when you call those companies with messages that direct you to Bruce Steelmaker's voicemail. Yeah, there are a ton of people who do that too. They all agree that learning to be objective about the sound of their own voice was a journey. Some of my friends still don't love the sound of their voice, even though it's their bread and butter. I love the sound of my co-host's voice. I think they sound rich and bright and textured and nuanced and superb. And I cringe when I have to edit mine. In my head, I have a rich baritone voice with a deep timber like Sam Elliott. Then I hear it, and it sounds more like a dog's squeaky toy. Truth is, it's probably somewhere in between those two sounds. So, I just push aside that critical squeaky voice kraken that squawks, your voice isn't good enough. I edit, as if I'm not hearing my voice, but rather Marco the podcasters, whose voice is someone else's in my head. I find that this separation keeps me objective. Two out there for you? Trust me, we all sound great in our own way. So stop letting that get in your way. That was Marco Timpano reading from 25 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started My Podcast. Marco, could you just tell people where they can get a copy of your book? Of course. Well, first and foremost, I would say check your local library because I've really tried to get it into local libraries. And if they don't have it, request that your library get the book because I'm not the type of person who says, go buy my book. I love libraries and I want libraries to carry all the books that their patrons would want. So I implore you to, to go to your library and say, I need this book called 25 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started My Podcast by Marco Timpano and have them bring it in. But if you can't wait for them to bring it in, then you can find my book on Amazon and feel free to order it. And thank you very much. And I do hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, and that's how you can find it. Um, Marco, I, I'm pretty sure our listeners will want to know that you do this now on a consulting basis as well, um, that they can hire you to help them work with their own 
podcasts or to collaborate with you on their own podcasts? Where can they reach you if they wanted to do that kind of thing? Thank you, Linda. You know, and I've had a different places actually reach out to me to, to do a podcast workshop. So I've done that for uh, various organizations too. So if you're in an organization that would like to have a podcast workshop set up, but if you're also an individual, please just go to my website, marcotimpano.com. That's Marco with a C, Timpano, like the drum or the small little bone in your ear, Linda, if that helps you, <laughs> .com, and you can click on the um, contact page and get to me there. Thank you, Marco. So that was Marco Timpano, the author of 25 Things I Wish I Knew Before I Started My Podcast, the podcaster of the Insomnia Podcast and collaborator of Eat and Drink and Born on This Day. He's also the co-producer of Getting Lit with Linda. Marco, thank you for joining us today. Linda, it's been a privilege and an honor to be your friend and to be on your podcast. Likewise. That was Getting Lit with Linda, hosted by Linda Mora. If you have a topic you would like to see covered, write to us at gettinglitwithlinda at gmail.com. Until next time, we hope you continue to get lit.